Well, time for the word again and time to feed on the word of God. Amen. We've been talking about moving mountain, sorry, mountain moving faith. Uh, and we started last week and I shared with you how I personally believe that this is a very, very crucial subject for the church, not just our church, but everywhere in the world. The church needs to go to new levels of faith. And so it is a crucial subject for us in this time and season of a pandemic and, and darkness that is infiltrating the world all over. It is time for the church to absolutely go to new levels of faith. Amen. To little faith, to greater faith. Um, to weak faith, to, to stronger faith. And to mountain moving faith. Amen. And last week I, I left you with the question, what vision do you have for yourself, your family, your finances, your health, etc. for 2022? Or, and I also said, what vision have you had for a while for all of these things? But they don't seem to have happened. And I left you with this question, could it be that you were in hope and not in faith? There's a big difference. I spent the whole of last week. If you missed that live stream, you can still get it uh, onto, on our YouTube channel, www.victory.org.za messages. You can pick it up there so that you don't lose out on the foundation that I laid last week. So today we're going to pick up from there. And I want to start by making a very powerful statement and that is that true faith in God's promises guarantees tangible results. True faith. Remember we said hope creates vision. Faith brings substance to that vision. So true faith in God's promises guarantees substance. Reality makes it real or brings tangible results. Amen. So when God makes a promise in his word... He means it. God doesn't make empty promises. No, he means it. And he will bring it to pass, to pass based on your faith. Based on your faith. Not on your hope. Based on your faith. So faith means believing what God says literally. If God says this is purple then I need to believe it. And in the natural, when I look at this, it looks more blue than purple to me. But if God's word says it's purple, then I choose to believe it's purple, not blue. And you know, very often we believe our circumstances and we put our faith in our circumstances. But there is a reality which is the supernatural, which is much more powerful and much higher than the circumstances. And Jesus used this many times, many times. To give you an example, he walked on water. Just one example. Nobody can walk on water in the natural. But what Jesus did, he tapped into the supernatural power of God through his faith. And so he could walk on water. He could walk right through the storm that the, the disciples were struggling to row all night. And they only got to the middle of a lake. Because the wind was coming against him, but Jesus just walked right through the wind. Was he operating in hope? Was he hoping? 
that he would not sink? No, he believed, he knew, he was convinced, and that's what faith is. He was in faith, that's why he could do these things. Amen. So faith means believing what God says literally. Faith operates from a supernatural perspective. And when we're talking about mountain-moving faith, we are talking about a supernatural move of God. God can move a mountain from its position and move it somewhere else. No problem. He's omnipotent. He can do all things. Nothing is impossible for him. Amen. So when you and I get to mountain-moving faith, we can command a sickness to live and it has to obey us. We can command a demon to move on. It has to obey us. Jesus just told one of his disciples, just go and get, go to the lake, the shore there, and, 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 and you'll find a fish there, just grab him by the tail. I don't know how many of you have tried to grab a fish by the tail. That alone is a miracle. And he said, grab him by the tail, shake him, and, and get all the money that comes out its mouth, bring it, and we're going to give it to the, at, at the temple. We're going to bring this as, a, as an offering. Wow. He didn't need to go to the bank. He didn't need to check what was in his account. He just got money out of a fish mouth. That is moving, mountain moving faith that does that. You can't do anything like this without supernatural. It's not natural. It's not normal to do this. Amen. It's supernatural. So faith operates from a supernatural perspective. It activates a supernatural in our daily life experiences. That's what faith does. You receive from God. You receive from heaven, whatever it is that you need. And conquering means operating from a supernatural perspective. If you want to conquer over that sickness, disease that's come against you, you have to operate from a supernatural perspective. Otherwise, you have to go to the doctor and trust and hope he'll give you the right medication. Right? But if you want to receive your healing from heaven, then you've got to operate from a supernatural perspective. Now, one thing we've got to bear in mind is that the trials and the difficulties that we face are not always God's will for our lives. Now, I'm not saying that because we are believers, it's all a bed of roses. No, there will be, we're still in this world. And life happens. It's, this is not heaven. This is earth. And there will be difficulties. There will be trials. There will be mountains to overcome. There will be all kinds of things. But we have a sense, and I spoke about this last week, sense number six, which gives us access to the domain of the impossible, which is the domain of God, the domain of the supernatural, in order to overcome the difficulties. You see, when God created Adam, he gave him an instruction. Well, he gave him a number of them. One of them was, keep this garden. Keep it. Look after it, in other words. Maintain it. But he never created Adam to toil. That means to work until you drop dead. You know, till you sweat and you have no more strength left. 
He never created Adam to toil in order to maintain this garden. The toiling only came as a consequence of sin. And you can read that in the book of, of Genesis. And God cursed the earth. And he said there will be thorns and thistles that's going to come out of the earth. In other words, it's going to be difficult for you to maintain that garden, Adam. Now you're going to sweat to do it. Notice he never cursed Adam. He never cursed Eve either. But he cursed the earth. He cursed certain things for Eve, childbirth, in pain. For Adam, having to toil with sweat on the brow of his, of his head, which he never had to do before. Amen? So the toiling or the hard, the difficulty in walking purely in the natural came as a consequence of sin. But the Bible clearly tells us that the power of sin has been broken over our lives by Jesus' sacrifice at the cross. He destroyed sin, the power of sin, which is death, it's toil. That's the power of sin, it's, it's making us weak. Sin makes us weak in so many ways, physically, emotionally, spiritually. That power is destroyed. In other words, you and I don't have to walk like this. We don't have to get sick for five years and have to take medications which have got side effects. We don't have to do that. We can use our sixth sense and tap into the healing power of God. And we can be instantly healed. But that will only happen when we operate in faith. In faith. And so now we've been restored to a life of peace and joy in Christ. We can walk actually every single day of our lives, regardless of whether the whole world is collapsing around us. We can walk in peace and joy every single day of our life. But it requires mountain-moving faith to get to that place. We've been restored to a life of peace and joy in Christ. We conquer over the hurdles of life by trusting in the Lord and believing that what he says he will do, he will do. That's the promises that he makes in scripture. I want to encourage you this morning. Many, many Christians these days don't read the Bible. If you don't know what the promises of God are for you, and your family, and your finances, and your health. If you don't know these things, you cannot put your faith in them. And so you'll never receive the reality or the substance of that promise in your life. You must make time for the word of God every day, reading the word, studying the word. There are great books that have been written by amazing men of God who have accomplished much for the kingdom of God. Read these books, get these books, equip yourself so that you can go from little faith to mountain moving faith because that is the place of total victory in your life and in my life against anything that this natural world has to offer. Amen. You see, the only fight that we as believers have to fight is the good fight of faith. We're not, you're not to fight your neighbor. You're not to fight your colleagues, your boss, your wife, your husband, your children. No, no. 
You're not meant to fight any of these people. The only fight that we are to fight is a good fight of faith. And remember one thing about faith. Faith is a rest. It's not like you're going to sweat to be in faith. Many Christians, they kind of get themselves all tense. They're, ha, I've got to be in faith. They close their eyes. They get so tense. No, faith is a rest. You rest in the promise of God. God has said, he will take care of you. Rest in it. Don't fret. Don't fret. Don't be anxious. God says, rest in me. Jesus said, bring your, I'm your burden bearer. Bring me, bring me your cares. Bring me your burdens. Because I care for you. And we rest in that promise. We rest in that promise. You know, there's a promise that's turning in my mind as I'm preaching this message found in the Psalm 91. I think it's around verse 4 or 5. It says, a thousand may fall by your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Wow. The pandemic, two point something million people around the world have died so far. But you know what? We can smile and be at peace. It shall not come near me as a believer, nor shall it come near you if your faith is in the Lord. Hallelujah. So the only fight we have to learn to fight is the good fight of faith. Notice it's called the good fight. There's no other fight that's really good. But the fight of faith, according to God, is a good fight to fight. And it's a place of rest. It's resting in God. Resting in what he said. Resting in his promise. Amen. Now what happens when we fight the good fight of faith? Well, very simple. Faith creates the miraculous. By faith, Moses crossed the Red Sea. He opened the Red Sea by faith. By faith, Abraham birthed Isaac. When he tried to make his own plan, he ended up birthing Ishmael, which today we're still paying the price. They hate us Christians. That's the Muslims, the descendants of Israel. Arab nations. Amen. We're still paying a great price because Abraham, listening to his wife, by the way, went and made his own plan to have a child. But when he put his faith in the promise, he birthed the child of promise, which was Isaac. Amen. And from there came Jacob, who was renamed Israel, and from where we get the chosen people of God, the Israelites, the Jewish people. Amen. So faith creates a miraculous. In other words, it supersedes and overrules our natural circumstances. So when you are sick, if you want to move in mountain-moving faith, then you say, I'm not sick. I'm not going to be sick. No, I'm not sick. Fever, leave me in Jesus' name. I am healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. And you keep declaring that, even though you may be f feeling as sick as whatever. You keep, seeing, you keep declaring the promise and believing the promise. And when you do that, you receive a miraculous touch of God. God will set you free. 
He says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Not because we are in hope that he will, will be delivered. No, because we put our faith in him. We put our trust in him. We declare that we, are, we have been set free. We declare that, that that affliction is going. And we speak it and we believe it. That's faith. And we get delivered. Now watch what it says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews 11, verses 1 and 2. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Remember I said to you last week that hope creates vision, but faith brings substance to that vision. There we go. Faith is a substance of what? Of things hoped for. Amen. The evidence of things not seen. And you know, it's difficult sometimes to wrap our, our brain around that concept because we live in a world that says, prove it to me. No problem, I'll believe you. If you say you've deposited one million rand in, in my bank account, prove it to me and I'll believe you. Until you prove it to me, um, not so sure because I can see you can't even afford a bicycle. How can you have deposited a million rand in my account? But until, if you prove it to me, bring me the slip, let me have a look, then I'll believe you. You see, that is not faith. In fact, that's the opposite of faith. Faith says, believe me, and then I will prove it to you. See, it works the other way. Believe me, and then I will prove it to you. So, so it is when we put our faith in God's word, in God's promise, we have to believe that word. In other words, we have to exercise great faith in that promise so that we can see the results. First we believe, then we see the results. Amen. So faith is the evidence of things not seen. Well, what evidence? Well, that evidence is in our spirit. We see it with the eye of faith, not our physical eyes. That will come later. But we see our healing. We see whatever we are believing God for. We see without doubting in our inner man. That's where the evidence is. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. In other words, by faith, he's talking about our el the elders. The elders are the men of God. Ezekiel, Abraham, Moses, you know, all of his people. It says, by it, by faith, these people obtained a good testimony. What was their testimony? Well, the testimony is that Moses parted the Red Sea. I mean, goodness, what a powerful testimony to share. Hallelujah. Moses got water come out of a rock in the middle of a desert. Wow. What a testimony. Struck the rock, boom, water came out in the desert. That's a testimony. And we can go on. Abraham, at the age of 99, and Sarah, who was barren, 90 years of age, birthed Isaac. In fact, you know the strange thing when you read the Bible? I think God did such a miracle in Abraham. 
he renewed his youth by like 50 years, or I don't know how much, so that he could birth Isaac. And you know what? Abraham thought, why? That's not bad. So he carried on having children afterwards. <laughs> well, I'll let you figure out what happened. <laughs> All I know is that God did a major miracle for him. Amen. You know, there's another translation of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. This is what it says. Faith gives substance to things hoped for, and it gives evidence to things not seen. Hallelujah. Can you see? I'm going to leave it here today. We're going to continue next week. Can you see why it's so important in the time and season we are living in where darkness is covering the earth more and more? Can you see how important it is for you and I to move to mountain-moving faith. Mountain-moving faith. Because that's the way we will be able to go through that darkness and lead a victorious life of peace and joy in the Lord. Amen. We're going to continue this subject, this such a powerful, important subject for us to cover in this time and season. We're going to continue next week and see where it takes us. Amen. Hallelujah.